This is Dan Fagell, and you're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. One of my favorite parts of my work here at Emerge. I like working with clients. I like guiding strategy. I like working hand-in-hand with big enterprises doing exciting things. But I also like talking to sparklingly brilliant intellects who can also talk about business and frame things in the value of a business person. That is our listeners, after all. Our listeners are looking to make change that hits the bottom line. This is not for developers. AI and business is for people that lead companies or lead departments. And uh, Tanushree Luke, who's our guest this week, certainly fits that bill. She's the head of AI at U.S. Bank. She was previously the head of predictive AI and machine learning for Capital One. And before that, she was a technical lead for DARPA and their defense network program. Very, very sharp person, technically, but also can communicate the points and communicate the use cases in business language. We speak this week about internal conversational agents. So not just chat for our customers, but chat for our own employees. When you're a company as large as U.S. Bank with tens of thousands of employees sprinkled across the country, it's important to be able to streamline the way that people get access to HR information or other kinds of information that they might need from internal systems, and conversational agents may be able to fit that bill. Tanishree talks about some of the efforts underway at U.S. Bank and where she thinks they're going to go in the future. So while most of our conversational interviews have talked about interacting with, with customers, this time we're talking about internal employees as users. So a little bit of a different look, certainly a qualified person for the topic. And again, Tanishree goes into a lot of great detail that I certainly appreciated for this episode. If you want to go deeper with AI use cases in financial services, you can go to emerj.com slash fin1. That's F-I-N like finance and then the number one. And you can download our AI and financial services cheat sheet. This is not only a quick list of important and relevant use cases in financial services, but also a glossary of terms for artificial intelligence and financial services to help you get up to speed faster. So if you want to go a little bit deeper with this episode, go to emerj.com slash F-I-N-1 and download that free PDF brief. Without further ado, I think you're going to like this episode. This is Tanushree Luke with U.S. Bank here on the AI and Business Podcast. So, Tanu, I know we wanted to talk about conversational interfaces, and as you and I were talking off mic, you were speaking about sort of the the internal use cases of conversational interfaces, how this is being used actually within the organization. Would you mind going into what those look like now? Because I think these are less known to folks who are listening in. Sure. So conversational agents or conversational uh, intelligent agents or assistants, as we call them, most people, as you just mentioned, Dan, talk about or know of them as chatbots or intelligent assistants or the Siri's and Alexa's of the world. In the back end, the same process exists, obviously, in the agent-facing domain to improve efficiency. So one particular one that I'll talk about is in the call center, IVR space, the, where we use the same idea, but with less of a customer experience built into it as required for customer-facing applications. So let's talk about first and foremost, before AI and then after AI. So before AI, if we ignore that the AI existed and without the AI applications, what does a customer call center agent domain look like? So you and I, as regular customers, might be calling in, we have a problem, we notice that there is fraud in a bill. There's some some amount that has been charged to us that we both know we did not make that purchase. So what we do naturally is we'll pick up the phone and we'll call a customer call center. And in doing so, we today have automated systems, right? So we will go through what's known as IVR, integrated voice response systems, where when we call in, we are asked a couple of very basic questions, such as, 
what's your name, address validation, your social, last four of your social security number, things of that nature. What that is doing is it's automatically, that system is automatically mapping you to the customer before it takes you to the agent. At the same time, it's also asking you for things like, tell me what the problem is, give me a keyword, it'll ask you, it'll prompt you for those keywords. Now, as I said, it's before the AI theoretically, but technically the IVR systems are actually machine learning. But taking that aside, if you didn't have AI, if you didn't have machine learning, before AI machine learning, before IVR existed, the way this would have worked is you saw a charge on your account that you didn't make, you would pick up the phone and you would be on the call waiting to connect with an agent. Most of the time you call into a number and it just gives you elevator music music for you to sit yes, and yes, wait. Yes, yes, yes. What's changed today is because now we have this, as I mentioned, the IVR system, it prompts you so it knows how to then ship your information to the right agent. Meaning if you, Dan, have a fraud problem, as opposed to Tanu has a problem about, hey, wait a second, I paid my bill last month for mortgage, but it's not showing up. That's a different problem. But we both called in to the banking system in the banking call center to ask for help. So how will I know that if I'm on the phone just waiting without AI? I wouldn't know that. So the agent would have to call in and respond, pick up the phone and ask you those same 10 questions. Instead, what you've done is in order to make these systems efficient, the IVR then says, okay, let's tag those questions I asked Dan. What is the problem? And you say, I have, I see fraud in my account. What is the problem with Tanu? I see, oh, I paid my bill last month, but it didn't go through. So I want to find out why it didn't go through. Those are two different tags. So with those tags, with that information, natural language systems, natural language processing, natural language understanding takes that, the machine learning, now the post version with the machine learning, takes that and then says, which customer agent deals with the fraud problem? Let's ship out Dan's information or let's ship, route the call Dan just made to that agent, as opposed to what is Tanu's problem? Oh, it's another agent. So let's ship that off to the other agent. That's how that happens. Now, on the agent side, that agent then says, okay, I see this customer interface. I see these tags. Okay, Dan called in. Here are the pieces of information I need, authentication information, the problem statement, the tagging. And the conversation, as soon as a customer picks up for you, is immediate, as opposed to you having to go through the same, again, validation and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's speeding up. It's speeding up that process. Got it. Okay, so this makes a lot of sense to me, and it's it's much more realistic, of course, than you know, presuming we'd have some AI to programmatically generate a voice and help us answer our our questions. What you're talking about is using machine learning to essentially detect intent, apply those labels of questions and intent, so that whoever gets on the phone knows what this person has articulated as their problem, maybe knows what issues they've brought up specifically, and can just say, "Hey, I see you've called in about such and such." you know, I'm here to help, something like that. Yes, that's right. Got it. Now, some of that might just be able to be done based on what options they click, right? So it's a sort of select push eight if your problem is, you know, whatever. So something like that, hypothetically. Now, you know what frustrates me, Tanu, is that even when you do that, where there's no excuse why you shouldn't know that I pushed eight to reach you, you know, and I pushed eight for like a whatever it is, right? A refund request or a delivery issue or whatever the problem is, whatever vendor or company I'm calling, even when you do that, they pick up and they say, hey, yeah, what's, you know, what's going on, right? Like, like, like they have no idea what's, what's happening. What you seem to be saying is doing that kind of tagging and categorization, but doing it just based on what someone says, being able to kind of drink in the voice and, and have those appended tags right away. 
Yeah, but there's one more benefit to it, which we don't actually talk about much with machine learning and AI. The way that you should think about it or your audience should think about it is all of us as humans have different ways we describe the same problem. So you might call in and you might immediately say, I see fraud in my account. I might call in and I might see a charge that I didn't make. And I say, okay, I have a charge and I might have 10 different ways of explaining the same problem. Yep. But through AI machine yep. learning, the point is with AI machine learning right now, these through natural language processing in particular, all of these words that people use to describe the same problem are now categorized and cataloged and classified in a very quick way to generate the same tagging. So no matter how I describe the fraud problem, no matter how you, Dan, describe the fraud problem, the AI machine learning has helped to speed up that assessment that the agent might have to spend 10 minutes with you trying to get to the bottom of, okay, what is it that you're trying to solve for? So that's another efficiency we don't really think about or really consider. And also this trying to get to a problem solution might differ. So what I mean by that is if I'm calling to just pay my bill, my urgency is less as opposed to when you're calling to report a fraud incident, right? So then in that case, tagging really matters and tagging for the right way to capture the problem really matters. And there are so many ways that agents have to ask that question. You don't have the patience at that point if you see thousands of dollars of charge on your account that you didn't make. At that point, think about the the value in machine learning AI. No matter how you describe it, immediately it goes to the right agent, and that's they can help solve that problem at that moment. Yeah, that's yeah. the so difference. You, yep, you can sort things by urgency level as well. And again, you know, it sounds to me like what you're talking about, which again seems completely realistic, is clarifying intent. Okay, here's the fifty damn ways that people say I just had a fraud incident on my account. Right? Here's the fifty ways, and and here's. Here's, you know, 50 different voices saying it with 50 different background music and whatever the case may be to the point whereby we can sort of just train the system to pick up on all those permutations and do its best to confidently categorize it as fraud versus, you know, we can do the same thing with checking my balance. We can we can figure out all the ways people say that as well and categorize it. And what you're saying is that depending on that categorization, maybe even depending on something like sentiment, which I imagine could be done. I'm not sure if it's being integrated today, but something to have to do with sentiment, we can sort of also rank by urgency. So we can move the slots along the line a little bit faster when it's something that's really, really a big problem for this customer versus something that can wait, you know, 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. Cool. Where else for you, you know, when you think about the sort of conversational aspect of, of AI in the, the back end. I wasn't sure of all the different directions you were going to go in. What are some other use cases? Maybe it's a call center, maybe it's not, but what are, what are these other sort of back end uses of this conversational tech? So conversational AI in this case need not be, there's this misnomer, the conversational part, people mistag that back to as if somebody's talking back to you as a, as a voice. It need not be that. Conversational agents, conversational AI, these are meant to be things like chatbot. They all re- are represented under the conversational tagging. So you can have a chatbot pop up. You can have a simple, just a sort of a pop up message. If for lack of a better word, you can have an intelligent assistant that shows up as a recommendation on top. So these are various forms in which conversational AI sort of emerges in, in the back end process as well. But the point is, in that case, the conversational component, the part that is important to note, the conversational component is when a human is talking to somebody else, the way you describe a problem, the way you're having this conversation is normal. That's, you're not do you're not talking in samples. So in terms of the agent, when an agent listens to or hears or sees a problem, they're also listening to hearing or that message is popping up in a human form, even if the tag is just saying fraud, or even if something else is popping up in their domain. 
Now, how else does that show up? Well, think about in an agent space, you called in and you're just asking, you're a regular banking customer, finance customer, and you're calling in to say, hey, you know what? I want some investment advice. I want to find out about the latest mortgage rates. So when you're calling in about things like that, what an agent gets also, the uh, conversational component that the agent sees is a list of options that are provided to them through the recommendation systems that I've talked about in the previous one example. But you can have a recommendation system built into a conversational agent, which by then also provides recommendation, but does it in a natural form that the agent is able to see on their screen or in their systems and translate it back for the human that they are talking to on the phone. So that's one way to think about conversational agents on the back end side. How does that improve efficiency? So it's having the same interaction, but not needing to train the agent on keywords, for example. It's just happening in a normal, natural form for them as well. What are the ways that we're looking at the impact here? I imagine in order to do this well, if we're integrating AI in, in this sort of new kind of experience in the call center, you know, that there's there's looking at sort of somebody's satisfaction score when they get done with a call. Of course, we can do that. There's maybe looking at how long it takes to resolve an issue. And maybe we want to really reduce that amount of time for super urgent matters. And we can use that as a metric of success. What are, what are the different ways that we kind of can figure out whether or not this new sort of layer of value, and which which might involve, you know, setting up different technologies, routing different sorts of, you know, audio data into new systems that can then do this kind of natural language processing uh, that might involve even to some degree a little bit of a change in the interface of the call center user, hopefully not a drastic one, but a little bit of a change. You know, we've got a lot of moving parts. What does it look like to know whether or not this is worth it? What are the, the methods by which we do that? Yeah, some of them you actually talked about just now, looking at uh, net promoter score is one, looking at obviously the customer satisfaction rate is one, surveys is a follow-up one, but more importantly, response time. That's a big one. Response time, hold time is another one. How long was somebody on hold before they got to an agent? The response time, how long did it take for somebody to respond? Also, customer um, agent satisfaction time, because in this case, if you have, uh, think of now, instead of having the customer getting the same response time, you're actually looking at how easily was the agent able to find the same answers and then provide them back to the customer. So there's also the agent satisfaction rate, the agent response time, things of that nature. So there are many ways that you can track it. From a business perspective, it's looking at dollars saved in terms of efficiency, response time, hold time, things of that nature. The other thing that you did mention that I also want to highlight, AI machine learning is not you can't think of it in isolation. You cannot think of it as just building out an NLP system. You cannot think of it just building out a chatbot. You have to think of it as an integrated system within a larger servicing, either front-end, back-end, whereby you're not just looking at natural language processing. You're also potentially looking at a chatbot. You're potentially also looking at a virtual assistant. In combination, you're also potentially looking at recommendation systems or fraud detection system, KYC. So all of these things are built together. But to your point, the actual way that you measure them in this, in the example I laid out, is through agent satisfaction time, response times, and also dollars saved, time spent, time yeah, saved. The time save seems to be hopefully self-evident. I mean, if we know what the customer's intent is and we're prompted even with what we should do with the customer right when we get them on the phone and we don't have to have them re-explain for another 45 seconds or three minutes, that's tremendous. In terms of overall kind of wait times, it feels like we can't reduce wait time for everybody, right? Because we're, we're probably already keeping all of our call center folks busy all the time. It's just a matter of reducing wait time on the urgent stuff, but we, we couldn't possibly, without having more humans, 
reduce the wait time for everyone. That's an assumption for me, but is, is that correct? Yes, that's right. actually right. So the way you should think about it is, you're not reducing the humans, this is not affecting necessarily the human involvement, this is actually helping the humans prioritize the use cases or the, the call in the specific use cases that are that, that being called in about. So fraud, for example, there's an urgency involved in it, as opposed to somebody who's just calling in to ask a question about mortgage rates in the future. That level of urgency. So how does an agent prioritize? This would help them prioritize on the 10 calls that they have. Which ones should they be answering immediately? Which one is on fire? That's the way yeah. to think about it. Got it. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I imagine there's a little bit of a trade-off here. You know, if we drop the if we drop the fraud response time dramatically, but everybody calling to ask about their balance, you know, waits a, an extra X number of minutes, you know, we've got to figure out what the trade-off is there. But it sounds like if we can calibrate that, then we can find a, you know, the best middle ground we can to make sure we're really tackling the urgent stuff in absolutely minimal time. It sounds like we've got to work within reality, but that's, that's maybe what's possible. Right. Cool. Excellent. Well, th this was helpful as well, Tana. It was, it just as a little bit of imagination points here as we wrap up on, on this use case episode, when you think about what you're really excited about for the future of the call center, some people think it, they're going to sort of fade away. People are going to move to chat. They're going to move to some kind of you know, short little voice chat thing that's going to let them not have to actually be on the phone quite as much. Some people think that's unrealistic and we're going to have call centers for, you know, the next decade, no problem. When you look out five years and you think about how what is now a call center is going to change, any big picture zeitgeist changes that you want to kind of mention or that you see in your mind before we close out? Yeah, I, the way I see this is actually how do we improve our agents' lives, meaning there are things that we can solve by, you know, the people that are calling about their bill pay on a regular basis, the regular standard use cases. Those, how can we take them off of the agent's plate so that they can then start looking at more complex human problems? So fraud is evolving in the background as we speak in a very, very complex way. So when an agent gets a call, not just fraud, I'm, I'm talking about other evolving use cases in banking, that they can actually focus on the more complex cases and actually provide a more personalized experience. So how will that look in the future? The way I um, think about the evolution of our call centers is letting that agent then specialize in particular domains better. In also looking at evolving use cases, how can I then solve the problem, but in a more personalized way? Because the next time somebody calls, Dan calls, I know, oh, Dan, here are the use cases you might have that we talked about last time, but here is something new that I'm seeing that you might not be aware of. So here, by the way, while you're on the phone, let me tell you about what those are. Did you know that you know you could reduce your interest rate by taking this new or looking at this new set of products? Things of that nature. So letting this complex evolution, focusing on the agent and letting them think about how to use their time efficiently by use of these tools, that's how I see call center evolving with the help of machine learning AI and helping them specialize. That's the next phase. That's what I see happening in the call center. Yeah, turning a call center into something other than a cost center, I guess, for lack of better terms. And, and also, again, better enabling those agents to again, provide those other services, cross-sell, upsell, et cetera. I, I do also suspect that we'll see that dynamic shift uh, in the future. And I'm glad we've got smart folks like you actually breathing those kinds of projects to life. Tanu, I know that's all we have for time, but thank you again for being able to join us here on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for the invite.
So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guest this week. Again, Tanu Shree, head of AI at one of the top 10 U.S. banks. U.S. Bank Corp. makes close to $30 billion in revenue every year. Tanu Shree is not an easy person to get a hold of, but certainly was a worthwhile guest to have here. We continue to fight hard to not only pull in leaders of unicorn companies and high-level folks in government and business, but actual heads of AI and people heading up technical efforts at public companies. And I hope you enjoy these guests. If there's guests that you want to see more of, feel free to pop me a note on LinkedIn. Pretty easy to find Dan Fagella on LinkedIn. Be sure to follow me there, but send me along a note if there's anything you're interested in. And if you like this episode, also consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the word out and supports the show, but it also helps give us feedback to bring you more guests, getting on more public company folks working at companies doing tens of billions of dollars in implementing AI. That came directly from feedback from listeners like you. And I know you'll probably have some feedback too. So if there's something we've done that you really like and you want to see a lot more of, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world. I certainly appreciate it. The team appreciates it. And we review literally every written review that comes in on Apple Podcasts. So pop that along and support the show. Otherwise, thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to stay tuned for our upcoming Thursday episode here on the AI and Business Podcast. 